Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Woodruff, and you are obviously listening to the Pastors Getting Fit podcast. This is episode number three, and here I interview Brad Briscoe, who is the director of bivocational church planting uh, for the North American Mission Board. Uh, I wanted to talk to Brad because, obviously, you know, uh, anybody with any job has ha- can have their own fitness struggles, but someone who is is working, you know, the equivalent of two jobs, like as a bivocational pastor um, or planter. Uh, has their own unique set of challenges, and and Brad is kind of not only the expert uh, on on bivocational ministry here, uh, but also has fitness built well into his own uh, routine. So I think you're going to enjoy this one really quickly. Uh, three things: number one, uh, there's also a Facebook group called Pastors Getting Fit, same name as the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to come join us there, it's just a place where a bunch of pastors uh, get together um, and can help each other along with fitness. You know, just with motivation, sharing what they're doing. Uh, encouraging one another, things like that. Uh, number two, if you really like this podcast, um, just if you would uh, review it wherever you listen to podcasts, that would help a lot um, and help it get more exposure so that more pastors can hear this kind of thing. Um, and number three, uh, I am a fitness coach. I coach online. Um, so if you're a pastor who's really struggling to make progress on your on your uh, toward your fitness goals um, and you really want somebody to help you come up with a plan and stick to a plan um, and adjust the plan as you need uh, that fits in with your lifestyle and likes and dislikes and everything like that, um, just shoot me a text 251-635-8055. And I'm happy to uh, jump on a call with you and discuss and see if uh, we could be a good fit to work together. All right. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Pastors Getting Fit podcast, and we are back here uh, with Brad Briscoe today. Um, I just want to uh, turn it over to Brad and let him introduce himself here and just kind of share who he is and what he does before we get into it. So, Brad, go ahead. Yeah, hey, thanks, Brandon. It's good to be with you today. So, um, well, my current role right now is I, I work for the SIN Network at the North American Mission Board as what's called Director of Bivocational Church Planting. So I was actually uh, what's called a CPC or church planning catalyst for almost 15 years in Kansas City. But about three years ago, I moved into this new role. It's more of a national role that's really about helping what I would call bivocational and co-vocational church planters. So a lot of times if someone says, hey, what do you do? And I say, well, my role is director of bivocational church planning. Uh, most often people will say, what in the world is that? So yeah. really in a short version, I'll say, for me, it's really about two things. It's about rethinking vocation. And what I mean by that is I want to help people, not just church planters, but people in the church kind of rethink their vocation or calling in the marketplace. In other words, I want them to see that regardless of what God's called them to do, uh, they are or can be in full-time ministry. So I want to kind of blow up this sacred secular divide that we have around vocation where we think some callings are sacred and other callings are secular. Yeah. That, I, that I would argue we need to stop compartmentalizing the callings that we have uh, and, and instead really align those callings together. So part of this new role is, is just helping people rethink vocation. But then the other part I'll say is it's about rethinking church planting. So in other words, if someone, the way I'll usually frame it is I'll say if someone is working 40, 50, 60 hours a week in the marketplace and they want to plant a church, they know they can't plant a church like they see on the corner uh, but instead they need to have a kind of a longer runway. So the way I'll usually frame that is say, we need to start with missionary behaviors and activities rather than starting with a Sunday morning gathering. 
Yeah. So I just, I want to give, I want to give folks kind of a, a, a new imagination for what it might look like to plant a church. So it's about rethinking vocation, but it's about rethinking church planting. So gotcha. I've been doing that for about three years now. Awesome. Awesome. Man. And so, um, you know, just for anybody who's not familiar, um, you know, with this concept and, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm, I learn, I, I listen, by the way, Brad, I, I listen to a lot of stuff you put out or you know, read a lot of the stuff you put out just because I am, there's a path I'm trying to take, you know, as a fitness coach and, uh, try to try to prepare for for planting. Uh, right now, I'm I'm in full blown like business building mode. Uh, but yeah, and, and just kind of serving at a church. But the the plan is down the line, you know, to to be able to have that business fully sustainable, um, so that my time is flexible and I'm able to to kind of have that dual calling there, which I definitely believe it is a dual calling for me. Um, so okay, um, that's awesome. So what what we wanted to do was kind of take a take this time and have Brad, the expert on this topic to kind of talk through the fitness, you know, aspect of it. So like, you know, some of the, the, the bivocational pastors that I've coached here, um, they are very much like how about time obviously is their biggest issue. Like they might have some struggles with motivation. Uh, they might have some struggles with like, I don't know what to do and I need some guidance. Um, they might have some accountability struggles, but uh, even if we're able to get all that stuff kind of, put away and get to the solutions, their biggest issue is still time because they're, you know, they're trying to juggle, juggle, uh, you know, ministry, they're trying to juggle the other job, they're trying to juggle family, um, you know, and all these kind of things. And, and so it's, how do I fit something else in? How do I set aside time to prep food or to go to the gym or whatever it is? Um, and so they wind up a lot of the times just eating on the go, you know, grabbing whatever's closest or convenient. Um, and so what I want to kind of dig into now is like, let's start off and just kind of share. So what, what do you do personally, Brad? Like what are some things that you personally do? And then we can dig into kind of what some other people can do. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, I, I like a word that you just, you use there, Brandon, motivation. I mean, I do think uh, yeah. most of it, it has to start there, right? I mean, we, we, there's got to be a motivation for wanting to take better care of ourselves as it relates to fitness and also uh, what we eat, our diet. Yeah. And, and I think part of it for me is, uh, and this really has been very, a long time ago. I mean, I, I don't know what it was that clicked necessarily, but even when I was 18, 19 years old, I just, uh, I, when I started to kind of get into exercise and I got into eating better, uh, I just noticed it changed everything. I mean, yeah. it changed how I felt. It changed how I slept. It, it, you know, it, it, it's not about this, but it changed my productivity. I mean, right. I was, I was able to get more done in a shorter period yeah. of time. Um, now as a church planter, I would say from a, from a fitness perspective, something I write and talk about a lot is it actually becomes uh, a great place of connection. I mean, right. you know, uh, I write a lot of times on this thing called third places and a third place yeah. is a place of common ground or neutrality where we can connect with other people. So I'll say a lot of times that because more and more people are less and less interested in the programs and activities of the church as missionary minded people, we need to find these other spaces where we can connect with people. And I find the gym or the fitness center, uh, one of the absolute best places to do that. So I would say first off, it's just, you know, it, you just have to make it a priority. And that's probably what, you know, that's one of the things I think maybe I've done well in the last mm -hmm. 10 years or so is I just make it an absolute priority. So you know, sometimes that means I have to go in the morning. Most of the time I go to the gym over lunch. There's sometimes though, if it doesn't work over lunch, I'll go later in the day. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I literally put it on my calendar. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. I, I'll even have times where I'll have, I'll have people in the city 
contact me and say, hey, can we do lunch? And if I know that they can only do lunch, then that's what I'll do. But in most cases, I know I'm going to the gym at lunch. So I'll say, hey, I can meet just before lunch or I can meet you after lunch. Yeah. Um, Just because I just don't let very many things intrude on that that time. And and if I don't do that, then something else is just going to fill up that space, right? I mean, we just – we. So I think for me, it's about motivation. It's about actually getting to the point that I realize that the way I take care of myself absolutely changes everything. It changes. And you know, a little phrase I use a lot of times with my kids when it comes to fitness is I'll say, look, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. So it's not about, you know, there's some people it's like, oh, you, you take care of yourself, you know. Uh, or eat right because you want to live longer. And it's like, no, that might be icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah. But, but for me, it's not about that. It's about quality of life on a daily basis. It is, yeah. it is about how I feel and how I sleep. And, and yeah. it wasn't really until I, that really became a part of the way I thought about my health. Yeah. There's just an intrinsic motivation there now because I, I know just what a difference it makes. Yeah, absolutely, man. I would say, you know, I think, I think one hindrance, and this was this is gonna sound bad, but I'm gonna gonna just present it the best way I can. I think a lot of times, a pastor's motivation, or anybody, not just a pastor, but a Christian in, in general, um, a lot of times the biggest motivation a, a Christian may have um, is like, you know, I need, I know that I need to to care for my body well, you know, I know I need to steward steward it well, um, I need to, you know, I need to not overeat and all these kind of things and it comes back to a you know a lot of times it comes back to to a doctrinal issue um, which is very true obviously but uh when it comes down to the practical piece like this a lot of a lot of pastors I think there are so many things that they feel like I know with me personally there are so many things that I, I feel like every day like I'm trying to I'm trying to submit to Jesus and I'm trying to to grow in this area this area this area and I think and in my own life I know that there are certain things that even though I don't necessarily want it to be this way, there are certain things that I feel like, okay, well, this is kind of priority. You know, I've got to, I've got to work on this being who I am. I know that if I can kind of laser focus on something, I'll be able to grow in that and, and focus on giving this to Jesus and letting myself grow in this. But if, um, you know, I think a lot of times the fitness is kind of one of those things that just keeps getting bumped down that list, you know, things keep rising to the top, rising to the top. And so they keep getting kind of bumped down because, you know, because, because a lot of times at least they perceive it as such a big time commitment, you know, such a, another thing to try to fit into the schedule, you know? Right. But it doesn't have to always be that. I mean, I I really, um, I, I don't always hit this mark, but I, and this is going to sound like too much for some people maybe, but I (laughs) try to, I try to do something for an hour every day. Yeah. Sometimes it's 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. but I just try to do something every day. So I make it a priority to go to the gym three times a week or four yep. times a week, but those other days I'll walk in the morning. I'll do, I'll do a bike ride. I mean, just every day I try to do an hour of yeah. either cardio or at the gym. Yeah. But it, again, if it doesn't work out and it's 30 minutes, then I'm fine with that. Yeah. But yeah. you just, I don't think it's until we realize how the way we take care of ourselves, both exercise and diet influences everything else we've been asked and called yeah. to do until we really get that. And that's really a part of the way we think yeah, we're just going to allow other things to, to bump taking care of ourselves out of that kind of priority list. Yeah. And, you, and it's not until we really begin to recognize. So here's, it's kind of a silly story. So, and I know Brandon, you don't know this about me, but <laughs> um, I actually, so 
uh, next month I'm going to turn 58. Are you serious? And, and I, um, <laughs> I haven't eaten red meat for 40 years. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I didn't know either was, of those things so about you. It's kind of a silly story, but when I was 18 years old, I worked, uh, uh, when I was, uh, a freshman in college, I worked on this enormous pig farm. <laughs> so it's, it's really silly, but working on this pig farm, I, it was just, I saw what pigs ate oh, and man. did, and it was like, I'm done. I'm not eating yeah. pork ever again. Yeah. But what's funny is after, after a few weeks, cause I ate a lot of red meat when I was a mm. kid growing up in Kansas. Yeah. But after a few weeks of not eating any pork, I noticed I lost a little bit of weight. I felt a little better. And I thought, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go a month without eating any red meat. And, wow. at the, and at the end of the month, again, I lost a little bit of weight. I felt better. And yeah. I thought, all right, here's what I'm going to do. It's kind of a discipline issue for me. I thought, I'm going to go one year. I'm going to go a whole year without any red meat. At the end of that year, I'm going to have a great big juicy steak. And yeah. Kind of celebrate. Yeah. Well, at the end of that year, I felt better than I've ever felt before. Yeah. And so that was like next month, that's going to be 40 years. So wow. it's not, I don't tell most people that because it's really, you know, back then it was hard. I mean, to yeah. find like fish yeah. options, you know, you couldn't go to a fast food place because that's all they had was beef and pork. Right. But I just share that to, you know, to say it, it wasn't until when I started to eliminate and I ate a lot of red meat. So I was probably yeah. part of the problem, but, I, but it's when I really started to experience the fact that I, I felt better and it, mm -hmm. and it actually affected my health yeah. that it gave me a motivation. Now I would, you know, it wouldn't kill me if I had a steak, but yeah. I, I just kind of feel like why now, you know, I've done it this yeah, long. So and I don't know. I might, I might be sick. I got, might get sick if I ate a, ate a steak. Right? <laughs> yeah. But the other thing I think that it's done for me is it's helped me to kind of keep my weight in balance. But mm -hmm. also when you don't eat a lot of meat, you end up eating more, <clears throat> Uh, you know, vegetables and you eat up, you end up eating yeah. more of other foods that you probably should be eating yeah. more of anyway. So yeah. again, I just think for me, it goes back. The motivation for me was when I finally got to the point to where I realized this absolutely makes a difference in the way I feel for sure, uh, yeah. the way that I live. So again, back to, for me, it's about quality of life. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily about quantity. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And just just to clear up, so you you don't eat red meat, but you'll have fish and you'll have like, yeah, like chicken, and turkey, yeah. and every once in a while we'll we'll have chicken. But okay, uh, I really I've just gotten to where I eat lots of vegetables. But yeah, we we uh, we'll have fish uh, probably three times a week. Okay, man, that's yeah. awesome. I need to have more fish in my diet, honestly. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's that's good. I mean, I yeah, and so that's that. What about so? Let me ask this, just uh, you, you pretty much laid out what you do, um, like workout routine wise, and you gave some on, on food. When it comes to like time, so how do you how do you handle your food when it comes to time? Is it are you guys like food preppers? Or do you just yeah. kind of like have things around that you can go to quickly? Like what's your kind of strategy for that? Yeah, but, uh, but we're not food preppers. No, but I just you know, and we probably eat out really probably three nights a week. Yeah, maybe, maybe two. But I just, I tell you, every time we go, when we do eat out, I just try to make healthy choices. And now there's just no reason not to uh, pick healthy choices. I mean, yeah. almost every restaurant, even fast food places, and we're not a big fast food family at all, yeah. but you can get healthy, healthy choices. I mean, yeah. so, but now I, we just, uh, and we have, you know, good, I mean, really my wife, she's, she's just great at it. We, there's like a bowl of grapes sitting out in our yeah. kitchen. 
all the yeah. time. So just the easy and, access. Yeah, to that's right. Lots right of foods. easy access. Yeah. That's right. Lots of, and lots of, lots of fruit. And awesome. I mean, in every, and I always try to start with two pieces of fruit. I mean, I'll nice. really, it's kind of funny, but my breakfast almost every day is uh, a couple of pieces. So the other thing is, and, and again, this is going to sound a little over the top, but getting older, I've noticed that gluten actually, it, it is an inflammatory. Mm. And uh, I noticed when I cut gluten out of my diet, uh, my joints feel better. Yeah. So, Interesting. And I'm not. I'm not just radical about it. And I actually have right. a 19 year old son that has celiac. So oh, he, wow. has to, he has yeah. to be radical about it. But because of that, there was a time that I cut back on the gluten because he can't have gluten at all. Right. Uh, and I noticed that th my joints and both my hands, my elbows, my knees uh, felt better. Yeah. So the reason I say that is just about every morning I'll start with uh, <laughs> two two pieces of gluten free toast with peanut butter on it and a couple yeah. of banana and a couple of bananas. So wow. I just try to eat eat as much fruit as possible. Yeah, that's cool. And it, it's 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 cool to me that you have number one. I would have never guessed like that you were that you were your age. <laughs> and number two, it's cool that you are just um you know you've gotten to a point where you're like okay, I know this food affects me this way, so that's why I cut it out. A lot of times, you know. The, with like the, some of the trends right now, you know, keto and, and paleo and a lot of the different like elimination diets like that, you know, that I'm, I, I, a lot of times I'll write against things like that. And it's yeah, not because I, I have a problem with that, that specific diet, if it works for somebody, you know, the reason I, I do that is because most people, um, I would say like 95% of the people that I've spoken with, and I speak with a lot of people about fitness, how are trying to do that just because like they're, you know, they're, co-worker Betty or their uncle right. somebody whatever you know are the ones who are like oh I'm you know keto is the way to go and they're the ones who like will turn down all the food and you know it, and all this kind of stuff and so they're like oh like the it, people would just kind of follow whatever the loudest voice in, is in their life when it comes to you know health and fitness um, whether that's you know an Instagram page they follow or it's somebody in real life that they're you know, that, that they that they talk to on a regular basis they'll just kind of jump into that kind of not understanding the principles behind it or how it's going to affect them, them in particular, but they'll just kind of jump all in on something and then they wind up crashing. You know, some people last longer than others, but they wind up crashing and going back to other things. Even if they drop a good bit of weight or they get healthier or whatever the case may be, a lot of times a few months down the road, they're, they're right back to where they started because despite a like sudden habit change, they didn't actually learn any of the principles behind it, why it works. So like it, the, the way you've done it is, is really, uh, really, yeah, that, really and what you've said there, Brandon, is, I just think it's so crucial because, you know, and these kind of special diets and all some of the things you just mentioned, there's like a new one every few months. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's because people get on that train for a few months and yeah. it, it might help them and work, but then they fall off of it and then they look for the next thing. Yep. Yeah, I have never done that. I mean, I've just always, I just try to make good, healthy choices. Yeah. And then, and you know, and if you do that, then, you know, stopping somewhere with the kids to have ice cream, I just don't hesitate because yeah. I know the rest yep. of the week I'm eating, I'm eating healthy. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, for me, it's just about making good choices. So, you know, I don't eat very many sweets. Of course, you know, I've already talked about kind of fatty foods and or red meat. And so, yeah, it's not about, and I'm not even that super rigid about it. I just, every time we eat or have a meal, I'm just thinking how to make yeah. healthy choices. And, yeah, it's just habit. And then like you're you saying, know. right, it's habit. And then it's just, it has to be a lifestyle, right? Yeah. It just it can't be a fad. Right. Because the fad's just not going to last. Yep. And and I feel like, you know, I mean, now it, it has been 40, you know, it's been 40 years probably. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah. So I hope, um, you know, I'm, I'm healthier now yeah. at, at 58 than I would have been if, if I wouldn't have taken care of myself over yeah. this period yeah. of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like with certainty, you can probably say you are, uh, I think, <laughs> One thing I want to kind of hit on here, so we've kind of dug into what you do. I've shared before what I do, um, but I want to um, I want to dig into like I'm I'm gonna just gonna lay out like a pastor schedule. I've got a couple of guys in particular in mind right now, but like I'm just gonna think of a bivocational pastor's a typical you know bivocational pastor schedule. Um, so let's just say you know they're up early, and it could you know depending on like what time they need to be at church, what they need to do um, at you know at the church building itself. Um, you know when it comes to the you know the vocational ministry side where they're you know, they're out, you know, whatever it is, whatever their role is, whatever kind of pastor they are, and then whatever their, their secular job is. So obviously their schedule can look a lot different, but let's just say that, you know, for the sake of simplicity here, that the, that the, the, the secular job, which I know these terms, you know, that's something, but I'm just using terms that people are familiar with. So like, let's just say that their secular, um, what they consider their secular position is a typical nine to five, um, eight to five, type of job and then so they're trying to fit in ministry you know loaded up on the weekends um after work you know throughout throughout the days to try to get a little bit of time with the family in but for the most part you know after work is ministry lunchtime uh, to an extent is you know phone calls ministry things like this and so for that kind of person i want to think through and just kind of chat with you really quickly through like okay let's talk about let's talk about exercise and let's talk about eating um so let's start with exercise like I know what I would say. Do you have anything that you would say to somebody like fitness exercise wise um, with a schedule, something like that? Well, I mean, if, if this whole conversation was, you know, somewhat new on some level for somebody, I would tell them um, is to pick three days. I mean, to say, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to find a time, whatever your rhythm is, find a time that fits into your rhythm, but mm -hmm. just say, you're going to, you're going to make that work on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah. I mean, if this is all brand new, I'd start there. I wouldn't say, Hey, I'm going to try to do an hour every day, you know, for seven yeah. days a week. Yeah. That's yeah. not, that's too, that's Set too yourself much up for failure. Yeah. That's exactly right. So yeah. start somewhere. And I think on every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, especially if your weekends are about family and ministry and, you know, Sundays are crazy, whatever, you know, it, just start on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. And, and I still think, um, for me personally, I prefer lunchtime. I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not as I don't like to work out as much in the morning unless it's something mm -hmm. light like like jogging or, or going for a walk or a bike ride. Yeah. But I would I would carve out Monday, Wednesday, Friday and um and and, and I just start there. And, yeah. and you, know, you just gotta get started. And then also, and I know you know this, but for, for most of us, it takes several weeks for that to be actually become a habit and really mm -hmm. become a part of our rhythm to where we're not gonna miss it. Yeah. So that's what I would do. I'd start okay. simple Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then maybe, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, once you get that down, if it's possible at a, at another day, maybe, yep. maybe do something on Saturday as well. Yep. Yep. I love what you just said and how you, I love the, the kind of you're building it, you know, it's not like a, you, you think about like a, I, I, I use this illustration a lot. Like, um, you know, I, I'll tell people like, think about a staircase, like what you normally do, like the way you're going to take a staircase in, in real life is you're going to take one step, maybe two at a time if you're in a rush or like, you're like, the kind of person who just like likes to be efficient. Like I always take two stairs at a time, but like, you know, you're not going to try to jump from the bottom of the staircase to the top of the staircase or like halfway up the staircase, you know? And so like a lot of times when somebody is to me, like I envision a staircase. And so like, if somebody's literally like, they're not doing anything intentional right now to care for their fitness. Some people started at a better place than others, of course, because of, you know, um, you know, habits, upbringing, genetics, things like that. But let's just say that they're at the bottom of the staircase. And, you know, I see like, 
for instance, something like a sudden keto diet or a sudden, you know, an hour a day workout plan somewhere in the like middle to top of the staircase. And so you're not right. going to jump all the way from down here all the right. way to up here. I don't know why I'm using my hands because they're not going to see this. But I think that, you know, when you're doing that, um, you're really setting yourself up to fall flat on your face, you know, but if you're if you're willing to to take that one or two steps at a time and even stay on one of those steps until you're ready to take the next step. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, that's how you build something that's going to last. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to just kind of like, I have worked over the, over the time I've been doing this now, I've worked with maybe, maybe one or two people that I can think of who literally were able to flip that switch like that and just go from, from, you know, that just go from nothing to everything at once. There are those, there's few people like that. Um, right. who can handle that kind of, that kind of thing. Um, I'm not one of them and, and right. I haven't met many of them. So I think yeah, that, I you know, if you can, if you're that person and you're listening to the, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'd much rather just jump all in. Okay. Maybe give it a shot. Uh, if you've never tried it before, but if you, you know, if you have done that, if you've tried it and fallen before, or, or if you're, you're hearing what Brad's saying, you know, about, about meat or his workout routine, or you hear what I've said before and you're just like, ah, oh, that's, you know, that's intimidating or that's too much. Don't feel like, again, you're, don't, you're not trying to copy our routines. You're not trying to copy what other people are doing. You're trying to find what's going to work for you. And there are so many things like that. So, um, okay, with a workout, and I, I absolutely agree. Um, for me, you know, a three-day routine, usually when I start somebody, even if, they're, even if they're anxious to do a five-day routine, I usually will have them start off with something like a three-day routine um, because that way we're going to be able to give them a day of recovery in between each workouts because I'm uh, focused on weightlifting typically, you know, if somebody's got a lot of body fat or something to lose, we usually throw some cardio in there too. But, um, you know, the whole, you know, cardio is for weight loss and, and working out is, you know, lifting weights is for, for muscle building is not right. I mean, you want to be doing strength training of some, some sort, even if you're, even if you're trying to lose, you know, 250, 300 pounds, you want to be doing some kind of strength training. So, um, I would, I would put you on like some kind of, some kind of workout plan. Um, if you have access to a gym or you can do a home gym or something like that, um, I would say do, you know, set a, a two or three day a week, um, routine. Um, you can reach out to me like here and I'm happy to help you set something like that up and, and you just will, will do that. Um, you know, and, and kind of focus on that. And then over time, yeah, you can add days, but I mean, you don't have to, you can stick with a, you can get solid progress on like a three day workout routine forever, you know? So, um, uh, there are a lot of ways that can look if you don't have access to a gym, something like that. There are so many body weight routines. I literally lead like a live video body weight, uh, routine workout three times a week. I mean, I'd be happy to send you a recording of something like that. If you just want to follow along with it, like it's a DVD thing or something, or if you want to talk about jumping on the live ones, there's so many things you can do, like even from home, you know, uh, you're going to get more dramatic results more quickly if you incorporate like weight training and things like that. But something is better than nothing. So like, don't let yourself be paralyzed by thinking I've got to go all in or nothing, you know, take a step at a time. So yeah. Anything you'd add on, on the exercise well, piece? I just love what you said. Uh, you just can't, you don't have to do it all right. Something's better than nothing. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. even if it means when you walk, I mean, I just think you just have to prioritize it. Start small one, two, three days a week. Uh, but you just have, and on those three days a week though, you have to prioritize it. You know, again, if someone asks you to lunch, just to tell them, hey, you could meet yeah. after lunch. Yeah. Or if someone says, hey, at five o'clock, can, can we meet and do such and such? Just say, I mean, I, seriously, I do it all the time. I say, I can't do it on Monday, but I, but I could do that on Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, you just have to prioritize it on your calendar. Yeah. Just like if you had some other meeting, 
um, that you say, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm already booked that hour. Yeah. And, and no one, I mean, it's, people will get that and you don't have to tell them it's because you're going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just if you have another appointment and mm -hmm. it's on your calendar, you make it a priority and, and over time you will be so thankful that you did that. Yeah. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. I just have to make yeah. it a priority. Yep. And I'd say that's one of the biggest things, you know, even, even people who have been able to say, all right, let's block. I will literally say, let's block out this time. And then it's very easy for them to let that time block fill up. You have to be, you have to be relentless with protecting it. Yep. Like I, I tell yep. people that like you need to barring an emergency be there, you know, like, right. and by emergency, I don't mean somebody called and asked to meet, you know, by emergency, I mean like something legitimately like serious is going on. Or like you said, maybe it's a situation, of course there are times ministry, you know, is going to, you know, it, somebody's, you know, just had death in the family. They can only meet at lunch. They need to talk with you, right. you know, something like that, of course. But I mean, you know, that's not your everyday kind of deal. And so, right. um, okay. So exercise wise, that could look like lunch, like Brad does, you know, that can look like uh, before work, even though I'm not a, you know, morning workout person myself, it could look like an evening thing. And it could look like you pick, you could pick, you know, I think one other thing I'll say before we move on on this is most of the time people will like to think, okay, I'm going to work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. But okay, ideally, maybe that'd be great so that you can kind of plan around that. But sometimes, you know, a better idea is like have loose days that you're going to shoot for, but still be committed to get those three days a week. So if you say it's going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but then something crazy happens Monday, you get caught into something that you're not, you know, weren't expecting, whatever. Um, you can very easily then say, okay, it's going to be, I'm going to do Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or you, you can even switch the program up some, if you're doing like a full body workout, for instance, and then you have to wind up having to do, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, one week, whatever you can, you can split it up to where you're not hitting the same like muscle groups and things like that, back to back. You can make any, any three days of the week or two days of the week or four days, whatever you're, you're, you're wanting to do, you can make it work. If you can, a lot of times people have these mental mindset, these blocks, you know, and a lot of, I, I learned, it took me a while as a coach to learn, like more than half of my job is, is like helping like people break through some of these, these, like these mindsets that they have that limit them from making progress. And just, just like the social construct of the work week, for instance, is one of those, you know, thinking about, you know, Monday through Sunday work week. Okay. If you can just choose some days okay, that day didn't work. Try it the other day. It doesn't mean you failed. It just means you got to kind of pivot your plan a little bit. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Flexibility. Yep. Um, and then when it comes to the eating piece, so let's just talk really quickly about like keeping that same, that same uh, buyer co-vocational uh, pastor in mind, like with a crazy schedule like that, what kind of eating um, advice would you give them to kind of try, try to eat well? Yeah. So it's, I tell you, the first thing that comes to my mind, Brandon, I remember a dietitian I, hearing her say this years and years ago, and I still think about it all the time. She <laughs> said, you can't outwork a poor diet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can't, if you're eating a, if you're a poor diet, then it doesn't matter how much you work out. Yeah. So, and the thing about, for me, the thing about eating and, and about our diet or food is it doesn't, it's not related to our schedule. I mean, right. we can make healthy choices, even like, so I travel a lot and I have people, sometimes they'll say, man, when you travel all the time, how do you, you know, how do you maintain your diet or eating healthy? Mm -hmm. Well, you make healthy choices. I mean, it's like, even like there, I go to a lot of denominational meetings yeah. and there's always food and there's always yeah. desserts and there's, yeah. and you know, sometimes it means I don't eat the dessert or sometimes it means I ask for a different uh, yeah. meal choice or, yeah. I mean, no matter how busy you are, uh, you can still make healthy choices. 
So I'll even, I tell you, when I travel, I take healthy choices with me. I yeah. mean, there's different things, you know, different kind of bars and fruit and stuff that I, I put in my suitcase. Yeah. Um, and, and even like, I don't know, on the airplane and hotels, I just, every time I have a meal, especially on the road, um, I just try to make healthy choices. So it doesn't matter how busy you are. It doesn't mean you have to, you have to eat poor food. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I would say, you know, just, just like what you just said, I mean, I would say one big thing to remember with this is simplicity is key, you know? So if you are, a lot of people, they feel like they've got to eat 100% grass-fed, organic, like right. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay-approved dishes, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it doesn't have to be, like, Instagram-worthy, you know? It doesn't have to be, like, pretty. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, incredibly flavorful unless that's just, just your thing, you know? Of course, you want to enjoy your food, but, like, let it be, if we're being realistic, during the middle of the chaos of the, the day and everything, typically you're not sitting down and just like closing your eyes and savoring a meal, you know, you're like, you're using food as fuel. You're like, you're, you're trying to use it so that you like, you know, you're trying to eat. And so I'm not saying that you don't enjoy your food at all, but I'm saying most of the time you're not taking the time to sit back and just relax and eat. You're trying to, you're eating because that's what you do as a human. And then you move on to the next thing, you know, with the energy from that food. Um, and then maybe in the evening or the weekend or whatever, that's when you can kind of like, you might go out to eat and sit down and enjoy your food or somebody, you know, whoever cooks at your house, you know, cook something good. And that's what you're going to sit down and eat and really enjoy. Most of the time during the day, um, when you're rushing around, like just go for, for the most simple, um, best choices. Of course, if you're doing, you know, if you're doing like a, like a heavy weight training routine, something you're going to want to, you're going to want to keep your protein up and things like that. But let's just say that, you know, you're, you're on the schedule we talked about before. It can look very much something like you have, like Brad does, you could have, you could have fruit, you could have like my typical breakfast is usually like right now is usually like um, fruit with some kind of fruit with a protein shake. Um, and sometimes I'll just do like a couple of, um, you know, a couple of slices of like wheat toast or something like that. Um, and, and, you know, and then going from there, you know, lunch, a lot of times my lunches look pretty similar. Um, now that I'm self-employed, a lot of times I'm eating like, uh, leftovers or something my wife, you know, makes while I'm, you know, if I'm home that day or whatever, but usually like a, when I was like going to work and I, I'll say this too, I'm not, I have not been in the full role of a, of a, of a buyer co-vocational pastor yet. I've not had like a, yeah, that kind of position. But I would say that working my, my eight to five and building this business had me on a pretty similar schedule to that because I was literally at the whim of, of other people's schedules for both positions, you know? And so it was like, uh, I had a pretty similar to schedule wise to what that would look like. And so it was very much for me, you know, that my breakfast looked something like that, something I could, I could take with me on the go. Um, my, you know, my, my snacks in between are, are things like fruit, uh, might be another protein shake if it's a crazy day, uh, things like, you know, all kinds of things that you can, you can take with you. Um, and then when it comes to the, you know, lunch, uh, I like to build my kind of diet around some staples and like try to have, you can, if you're the kind of person who can have things on a, the same thing over and over and over with just slightly different flavor profiles. Um, that's simple. If you're not, and you just get sick of stuff really quickly, that doesn't mean you're, you're stuck. It just means you got to be a little more creative. You know, you can switch out, you know, maybe the, you can switch out maybe the tuna you would normally have for lunch for, you know, some type of chicken, something like that or whatever. Um, and it doesn't just have to be meat. I'm just in general, like these kind of things you can, you can be really um, simple is the big key. If you can focus on simple things, even if it's going to a restaurant, if you go to a restaurant and you order a dish, um, you know, that's even if it's something that if you made that dish at home, you might consider it pretty healthy at a restaurant. It's not, it's probably not low calorie and it's probably not very, 
um, very healthy, you know what I mean, when you think of it like like in those black and white terms, because they're going for, they want repeat customers, so they're going for flavor, 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 so they're throwing, you know, all the extra fats and all the extra, you know, what, all these different things in there, so like the, usually something like the, the sodium or the, the fats and stuff are off the charts, and I'm not saying don't eat out, I love eating out, I'm just saying that be conscious of that, and so build the rest of your day around that if you know you're going to eat out, for instance, you know, like I, people will say, how do I go about this? I just, I've had this question a few times in the past couple of days. How do you, how do I, if I'm going to a restaurant, manage my calories? Well, just, just try to plan the rest of the day around that. You know, you're going to go um, to a restaurant. You don't want to be sitting there thinking, oh no, I'm probably eating 2000 calories right now. So just structure the rest of the day, the day around it. Have, you know, cut out something you'd normally have. I might, I might just have my protein shake and a, and a piece of fruit for breakfast. I might cut out toast or anything else I would normally do and, and do the same kind of thing for lunch and snacks um, to make room for that. So that's just, uh, you know, there are all kinds of strategies you can use for it. Um, you know, and, and of course it depends on what your schedule and uh, looks like, what your access to food looks like. Um, but food prep does not always have to be a six, seven hour deal on a weekend or whatever. It can very easily be, oh, I grabbed an apple and made a protein shake on the way out of the door. It takes, you know, it can take two minutes. So, okay. Anything you'd want to add about the, the food? Yeah, I just like what you said. I mean, it's really kind of like talking about exercise as well. It's you don't have to be radical about it. You don't have to start yeah. by trying to conquer the world, but just start with some small changes. Yeah. You know, if, if all this is brand new, just maybe there's a couple of things you, you cut back on, you eliminate, maybe you just make healthy choices. Uh, you know, like you said, you, you just make a commitment that you're going to start eating, you know, a certain number of fruits every day. And yeah. so again, just I would, I would just caution as you already have about, uh, just don't try to conquer the world on day one, yeah. make, make yeah. some small changes and, and build towards it. Kind of your yeah. analogy of the steps. Yep. Absolutely, man. Well, I'm, I don't want to make it uh, go too long here. I want to ask one other question. And so with this one, you can kind of, um, you can kind of take it fitness related if you want, but just take this one, however you'd answer it. If somebody just asked you it, you know, at one of the, at a conference you're leading or something. So if, uh, if, if a buyer co-vocational church planner were to ask you, um, how, how can I kind of avoid burnout, you know, in the middle of, you know, trying to do all of this, you know, and trying to manage, um, what's essentially, you know, what, the, what the world would see as two vocations. Um, so, I mean, even if you want to tear up the fact that that's two vocations, like however you would answer that question, like how would you, what are some things you would say to help avoid burnout? Cause I know even when I asked a couple of friends of mine, I said, you know, I'm interviewing Brad, like what, what kind of questions would you want asked? And one of them threw that out and I was like, so I thought, well, that. yeah, that's a good, I mean, yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a couple things I would say, uh, one, and I wish someone would have told me this years ago, uh, but was that, that <laughs> Jesus, Jesus didn't call you into a race, right? Um, that it, it's a life of following Jesus. And it, sometimes we think we've kind of been influenced by kind of this chaotic American culture that we think we need to be in a hurry and we need to be busy. And it doesn't mean we're not productive and we get things done, but Jesus didn't call us into a race. He called us right. into following him. And I think it's pretty obvious Jesus was never in a hurry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we, we need to just be mindful in our daily rhythms that um, if we feel like we're always in a hurry, some, something needs to change. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you, just I wasn't planning on sharing this, but a, a book that's just very influential has been for me for 20 years was a, a book called Margin. It was written by a Christian psychiatrist named Richard Swinson. 
Okay. And he just, man, it's just such an influential book about how we need to create and carve out margin in our lives. And where that word margin comes from is, I think this is a beautiful analogy or metaphor. He says, you can open a book, regardless of what the book is, you open any book to, and any page to any book, and you would never see the ink on the page or the words on the page go all the way like to the top, the bottom, the left or right of the page. Yeah. Instead, every single page of every single book has this white space around it called a margin. Well, he uses that as a metaphor to say our lives need to have margin. Yeah. We need to have financial margin. We need to have relational margin. We need to have time margin. So like if you're, if you're 15 minutes late to one commitment or appointment and it makes you 30 minutes late to the next one and then you're an hour and a half late, you know, that means there's no margin in there. Yeah. So I think that has a lot to do with our health as well, is that we have to have margin in our lives to, so we can engage in the things we know are important. Yeah. So that would be one thing I would say is just to just be reminded Jesus hasn't called us into a race. And then the second thing, especially for church planters, um, whenever I try to help church planters kind of rethink church planting, a phrase I'll use a lot of times is I'll say uh, that you need to, you need to focus on mission and discipleship and then move towards church. Yeah. But a lot of times church planters, they start with church and they start with all the programs and activities and they start with the, you know, trying to pull off the most amazing Sunday morning gathering. And yeah. So I'll say, I actually think we've got that backwards that we mm -hmm. actually need to start with discipleship and in, in, which is, you know, when I talk about discipleship, I'm talking about a life on life relational, yeah. you know, discipling uh, both a pre what I call a pre-conversion and a post-conversion discipling relationship. And then, then we move to church. Yeah. We move to what, how we frame church. But a lot of times church planters, we kind of get that backwards. We, we, we step into this kind of, you know, crazy development, you know, of this institutional church structure. Uh, so instead though, to try to, once again, kind of start with a more slow, longer runway perspective, I try to encourage guys to focus on mission and discipleship and then move towards church rather than getting it the other way around. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. That's really helpful. And I heard you, um, I heard you in New York last year mention the, the margin piece and that was really helpful for me. Uh, you know, I think I can't remember what you said that made me think of it, but you know, something along the, you know, just <clears throat> one thing you had mentioned before was kind of taking some of the things that you already do and maybe inviting somebody into that with you, you know, that was, that, that yeah. stuck with me because, you know, as somebody who works out, like you mentioned already, um, I could invite somebody into workouts with me, you know, as, as somebody who eats, uh, I could invite somebody to one of those, right. you know, a couple of meals a week with me, you know? And so I think, you know, uh, sometimes yeah, so that I, little, yeah. Sorry. So that principle no. there, yeah, the way I'll usually say it is it's about alignment, not addition. Yes. Yes. So really our, the way we think of mission and ministry, we, we need to think more about alignment and less about addition. So in other yeah. words, it's not about adding more stuff to our lives. It's really about aligning the rhythms of our lives with the rhythms of lives of other people. Yeah. So it's like, if we, if we think going to the gym is important, then, then it, uh, it you know, we align, that rhythm with, with the rhythms of other people. Like you said, the best example of that are meals. We, you know, most of us mm -hmm. eat 21 meals a week, Well, what would it look like to share a meal, you know, two or three or four meals a week with someone else to actually invite them in? Cause we're going to eat anyway. So yeah. we're not adding anything to our lives. Right. So, yeah. So I just, that whole alignment versus addition is, yeah. uh, I think is a key principle. Awesome. Well, Brad, is there, um, I'm going to wrap it up here. Is there anything else that we haven't already covered that you would want to want to share or want people to know? 
No, I think, I mean, I like what you, the, like just the last question that you asked. I just think to be reminded it's about alignment and, and then just constantly be reminded that, that Jesus wasn't in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, he, he did life with people and, and kind of this non-hurried uh, way of living. And, yeah. and, and again, I know it's hard to struggle sometimes in, a, in our American culture. Yeah. And there's times my days are way busier than they should be. Mm-hmm. But typically, I just try to make sure that, that I've got margin in there. Because I'll tell you a little, another little phrase I like to use a lot is that relationships happen in the margins. Yeah. So in other yeah. words, if, if we just are living this overburdened, you know, crazy, chaotic life, we just don't have time for God to like spontaneously yeah. interrupt us relationally yep. with other yeah. people that we, we have to have some downtime for us to, for those relationships yeah. to be a, be a cultivated. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I publicly confess here that that is an area that I really need a lot of growth in right now. So working well, on of, that. So. Most yeah. Americans we, we do. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, man, I really, really appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on and to, to share this. I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of, uh, a lot, anybody really, but, you know, especially uh, pastors and planters that are in this, uh, this bivocational position, either by choice or by, <laughs> either by choice or by necessity. So, all right, Brad, well, I really right, appreciate it. Yeah. Man. Thanks so it much. Time with you, Brandon. Too. All right. Bye. Hey, hey, quick reminder, uh, Pastors Getting Fit Facebook page, if you'd like a little free community there, uh, people on the journey with you, um, review this wherever you listen to podcasts and maybe share it with another pastor who you think um, might benefit from it um, in a loving way, of course. And uh, if you think you might be interested in online coaching, somebody to, to kind of uh, help you uh, figure out what to do and help you stick to it, uh, 251-635-8055. That's my number. Uh, shoot me a text. We'll set up a time to call. Um, yeah, hope you have a good day. Hope you enjoyed this episode.